Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. One, two, three, four. Get up, get on up, get up, get on up. Stay on the scene, get on up, like a sex machine. Get on up, get up, get on up, get up, get on up. Stay on the scene, get on up, like a sex machine. Get on up. Saturday morning, nine flows up for the Kia Studios as weekend mornings with Sam and Greg. Minus Greg, we got to find out where he is. I don't know, we might send a search party for him. Maybe a St. Bernard with a mug of rum around his neck or something. But no matter, we got Jason Longshore here sitting in with Sam Crenshaw on this Saturday morning. So glad you're with us. Welcome to Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. So glad you're letting us be a part of your weekend. And, uh, Jason, great to have you in the house as always, man. Always fun hanging out. And uh, maybe Greg went back to Bucky's or something again. <laughs> maybe so, you know. He, I mean, he liked it last time, you so, wonder, you know. You wonder, what, what do you go back for? For the low gas prices? Is it for the brisket? Or it's the, the brisket. It's, the, it's, oh, it's always the brisket. Or the clean restrooms. That's there, too. Yes. <laughs> That's, that, that is a fact. <laughs> the clean restrooms. I could be into those things. We got Max working on the other side of the glass this morning. Uh, man, talking about you know, a, a busy weekend of things that are happening, things we look forward to. But what a week it has been already. And, Jason, what kind of week? Well, we, we, we're talking about Wednesday night. But, 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 <laughs> yeah. what, what, the, the, the week I think I've you. gotten through Wednesday night yeah, by you now. Gotten but, Wednesday ooh, night? Oh, boy. Man, I, I was there. And uh, talk about a kick to the you-know-what. Because um, <sighs> to, to battle back, to battle back the, the way – and the five stripes did, and then to let it slip away. But just some of those nagging goals and goal attempts that have been like plaguing this team, and and a gift almost right from the start that's mm-hmm. inexplicable. Um, just that game had a whole lot of stuff. Just an odd, odd matchup. It was a wild ride. It, it was. <laughs> I mean, it starts as bad as it could possibly start, and then the second half up until the last couple minutes was as good as it could possibly be. You get an absolute golasso from Miguel Berry, and it looks like that's going to be the winner, but oh no, it's not. And I mean, there's good, there's bad, there's there's great, there's ugly in that game. And, and that's been Atlanta United in 2023. I mean, the team's been entertaining. They, they've broken your hearts a few times, but they've also stolen games late too. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's all over the map right now when it comes to Atlanta United. And you're right about halfway through, and you're in the top half of the league. You're in the top 10 overall. You're top five in the Eastern Conference. You're just a few points off of second place. But it feels like there's so much more on the table that you could have that you don't. This season has had several turns. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the great start uh, to coming back from the international break and being kind of, uh, it seemed like you get that straightened out. And now we have these you know, matches that have slipped away from us. And, and that's the thing. I mean, you, you fought for one to get to a draw that felt like a win. Yep. But then you've had a couple of draws that, 
It don't feel so. Well, good. that's the thing is that three straight draws and two of them you gave up late goals for it to end up in a draw. You lose the win. One of them you get a late goal to get a draw where it would have been a loss. Um, before that, it was a win. That's four straight unbeaten, but it doesn't feel necessarily like that. Yeah. And that's the that's the challenge when you're in that locker room. And that's the challenge when you're Gonzalo Pineda and his staff is that you do have to you know, get a, a dose of reality at times and look at the table and look at the numbers and, and look at the, the run of unbeaten games right now and say it could be better, but it's also not disaster time either. And that's what's so frustrating about it is like it's easy to, to throw your hands up and, and, and get angry. But then when you look at the table, this team's right there. They're right there. And if you cut out some of these late goals that they've given up, you cut out some of the goals they've given up, period, you have the best attack in the league. Yeah. You just need a little more help on the other side of the ball. All right. We're going to get into more of this as we go on a little later on in the hour and get some thoughts on who on this squad is all-star worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm interested to get your take on who you see as, as being good fits for the, for the all-star game. Uh, this is coming up in a, in a, a little over a month, right? A little over yep. a month. Uh, so we're going to we get a chance to talk about that. Braves out west, um, continuing their road trip. Uh, we're in Oakland earlier this week, uh, and then uh, now we're on to Arizona, who happens to be share the division lead out west. And the Braves fall last night 3-2. Charlie Martin, Charlie Morton on the mound and goes seven innings, uh, surrenders three runs, strikes out nine, but doesn't get the win. Um, what do you think about this Braves team as right now? I mean, sometimes they'll put together several games that don't look good and people start to panic, and then you look at the standings and say, well, what, what are you panicking about? You have yeah. the best records in baseball, right? Exactly. You can't panic. Um, it has been, what, a couple of weeks now where it's felt like there's been that little bit of a dip. You've lost three or last four in the short term, but really since, what, middle of, of May, it, you've seen a little bit of a drop-off. It's a little bit of a drop-off. And you just can't panic about these things. I think there there's good things coming back. You almost came back in that game last night. We know this trip was a, a difficult one going out west on, on Monday on short rest, and it feels like maybe they haven't recovered from that as of yet. But you're right there. And right now, hits aren't falling for you in the spots where they need to. And this team has been good in that department all year long. You're going to have some of these runs. You have to fight through it. You're going to get another shot with Michael Soroka, I think, tomorrow. Uh, thoughts about that? If he can get back and reclaim some of his form. It's almost like a free agent or, or, or acquisition to have this guy come in and join your starting rotation. Yeah, it'd be massive if you can get him back to close to what he was, anywhere in that vicinity. And you're right. It's it's like a huge acquisition it's still really early days for him, and you want to see how he can respond pitching regularly, as regularly as he can right now, and you want to see what that looks like for him. But so far, if you get him back and then you start to look at where this team can go, that's a huge addition. Yeah. Just huge. Yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens. Spencer Strider will go for the Braves uh, today, taking on the D-backs, who are share first place out west with the Dodgers. Uh, a, a big weekend because – um, we're finally getting to the end of the season for two of our other major sports, hockey and basketball. I don't know which one you watch more. I think we're starting Stanley Cup uh, finals tonight. And both team, both both matchups, well, well, we already started. We already have one game in for the NBA finals. Both um, matchups have a Miami team that nobody expected to be there. Yeah, how about that, yeah. huh? 
I mean, we were we got hooked into the the Heat Boston series a little bit, and that's one of the the fun things about traveling and, and doing the Atlanta United games. Uh, on the bus heading back to the airport in Orlando, watching the end of that wild game last Saturday night between the Celtics and the Heat, and yeah. you've got fans of both in the traveling group with Atlanta United, so watching it on the bus on phones and you get reactions from different parts of the bus <laughs> yeah. and some people yelling, some people yelling at other people. It was, it was really entertaining. Um, would have never guessed that the heat would have come back to win game seven after that. Yeah. And it's just massive credit to them. Game one. I'm not shocked. I mean, you put so much into winning game seven and bouncing back in that series. And then yeah, altitude is a factor. It is. You go in tired, I thought game one was a wash. Game two is the one that if they're going to make some noise in the series, they, they've got to steal it. And that's what it comes down to for me. On the hockey side, yeah, nobody had the Panthers getting there. Nobody. No, no, no. Uh, and they've been a great story. I mean, starting out by beating the, the hottest team in the league, by beating Boston and just rolling on from there. Yeah, what uh, is it about Miami teams and Boston teams in the playoffs right now? <laughs> Really, we've seen that, right? The Miami teams have come out on top. So that gets started tonight as well. That's going to be a whole lot of fun to watch. It's that time of year where you you, you have that going on. you got MLS. And, and first of all, folks, it's amazing to have Jason here because normally on Saturday you are gone someplace. And uh, how, how odd is it for you to have a Saturday kind of a little bit to yourself. You still got some things you got to do. <laughs> yeah, but, we were but, talking yeah. about it. Game gets rescheduled because LAFC is in the CONCACAF Champions League final. They play tomorrow night. We'll see them on, on Wednesday instead of tonight. And, you know, I have like five other things I can add to my schedule <laughs> on a Saturday. Come in here. Uh, we've got an event at the Children's Health Care of Atlanta training ground today, the Star Stripes and Soccer event, which is uh, an amazing deal that Atlanta United does with active military and veteran serving organizations. Our own Mark Zeno is a part of it. Um, coming out to the training ground, playing in a soccer tournament, but also getting to interact and, and meet different people. And when you get the, the active duty folks meeting the veteran serving organizations, some really important partnerships and, and links can happen there. And it's just, it's, it's a fun event for us to be part of. We're going to be streaming that on our Soccer Down Here platform later today. And then I'm heading up to Canton to call WPSL, uh, Women's Premier Soccer League, uh, Georgia Impact. It's their second home game. They play at Cherokee High School. Okay, That's at 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, okay. If you can get out, they're doing a big event at the mill at Etowah during the day, like okay. a big pep rally kind of event, and then walk right over to Cherokee High School. It's, it's such a cool setup there. And Impact has been a club that I've gotten to know over the years. They do a great job in their community. Okay. And what's cool about this team is it's, it's summer league. So you've got former Impact players who've gone on to play in college, and they can come back and play in the summer. It's an amateur league. Uh, you've also got some players who have finished their college journey who are coaching who are playing on this team. And you've got some current youth players for Impact okay. who are part of the mix as well. Uh, really just cool story. I, I love that you're getting, you've had these leagues on the men's side for a while, and I love that they're growing in the local area on the women's side. And then tomorrow, we got Atlanta United 2 up in Kennesaw at uh, Fifth Third Bank Stadium. That's tomorrow night, and the twos are playing really well right now. 
they've only lost two of their last eight. And we've seen it here lately with the first team. Guys like Tyler Wolf yep. playing for the second team, scoring a big goal in Orlando last mm-hmm. week. Machoke Chol, a Johnny Fortune, who was named a Trinidad and Tobago's preliminary roster for the Gold Cup. Uh, just really cool to see the young players coming through the second team and then impacting the first team straight away. And some of these young academy guys who are getting debuts for the twos, uh, yeah. Cooper Sanchez had just turned 15, and he got into a game earlier this year. Uh, Sean Lanza wow. is another one who is very young, came up through the local leagues. Uh, good chance he starts tomorrow night. Um, he's already been called into U.S. youth national teams. So if you get a chance and you're an Atlanta United fan or just a soccer fan in general on the north side, head out to Kennesaw tomorrow night. It's a 730 kick. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, I'm always busy, man. Come on. Come on. There's soccer everywhere for me to call. You got a Saturday off, man. Nah, I don't have a Saturday (laughs) off. What are you talking about? Down on the south side last night, Atlanta Dream hosted one of the new power teams. Well, not a new power team, but we have, you know, they've put together some super teams in the WNBA, and the Las Vegas Aces are one of those teams. And, boy, they, they were up by 15 on the Dream. Dream came back and out, really outplayed them in the second half. But they fall short 92-87. Still a great effort uh, for Coach Tanisha Wright's team. We'll hope to hear from her in the next hour. Uh, Cheyenne Parker with 25 points, 11 rebounds in that game. That's quite an atmosphere that they've created. Uh, I haven't been to that arena yet. Gateway uh, Center Arena is uh, is amazing. It's just the right fit, and um, it really gives – them a home court advantage. The place gets crowded. There's a, there's a party going on in there. They're having a great time. That's perfect. I understand uh, South Carolina women's coach Don Staley uh, was there last night out to see uh, one of her former players. Uh, well, several of her former players that were playing in that game last night. So we'll check in with them later on as well. But um, we're just getting started, folks, on this Saturday morning. We hope you stay with us. Hope to hear from you, too. We got a new phone number, 404726 0929-404726-0929. I'm Sam. He's Jason. Got Max, other side of the glass. Stay with us here on Sports Radio 929 The Game at 929thegame.com. Sports Radio 929 The Game at 929thegame.com. Sam Crenshaw along with Jason Longshore on this Saturday morning until 10 o'clock. So glad you're with us. You want to follow us socially? I'm at Sam Crenshaw 23. He is at Longshoe. And then on the other side of the glass, we got Max uh, underscore Van underscore Alkin. Um, you want to communicate with us this morning here on Sports Radio 929 The Game. Um, man, like we said, we're glad, glad to have Jason here as we don't know where Greg is. So Jason is here <laughs> because Atlanta United uh, is not playing this weekend, although he is staying very, very busy. Of course. Uh, he, he will be on the movie, not a stationary target. Coming up, Terrell Thomas is going to join us in the next hour. He usually talks some NBA with us, but we'll talk some other things with us. He's in Nashville for like a 75th anniversary of Atlantic Records. All I know is that's a lot of good music. Oh, yeah, Atlantic Records. Uh, just one of the heritage labels that I think Missy Elliott was being recognized at that event in Nashville. Uh, Maya was as well. I mean, mm-hmm. just so many incredible artists. Every genre you can think of, Atlantic, had an imprint on it. Yeah, yep. he's been been at that. Talk with that. Simit Shaw. Uh, the Associate Athletic Director, Georgia Tech, but also is going to involve with the NIL Summit. Yes, folks, there is an NIL Summit that is in town this weekend. 
is taking place at the College Football Hall of Fame. We're going to check in with him uh, in the 8 o'clock hour and find out more about that. And then Mike Griffith from Dog Nation going to join us in the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, talk about the SEC and some of the scheduling changes and oh, things boy. that are coming up. And uh, ooh. People are really in their feelings about this SEC schedule stuff this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to get his thoughts. On that, and what's what's driving it, and uh, what's making that? Well, we know what's driving it. Yeah, we know what's driving driving it. it, You know, cash. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, It makes some interesting off-season conversation. So that's coming up later on. Stay with us. But let's talk us a little baseball right now. We we talked a little bit about the Braves, and the Braves dropped one last night, three-two final to the Diamondbacks, and the Diamondbacks are like a surprise because when people look at the West when the season began. You wouldn't pick them to be one of the teams to be in first place. They are, we are there. You're looking at the Dodgers and the Padres for sure. I don't know if you think the Padres have been like a bit of a disappointment. Um, but here, the Diamondbacks, here they are. Uh, relevant in baseball for the first time in a while. I think a couple of years ago, they lost over 100 games. Uh, but, but nevertheless, here they are. And the Braves are running into them at a time when, you know, less than great time up in Oakland. You drop two games to Oakland, you know, you come out of there and, you go up to Arizona and you drop one. Uh, they're going to play later tonight with Strider, Michael Soroka, starting tomorrow. And like we said a moment ago, for all that, that goes wrong at, at a time or two with this Braves, you look at the record and say, okay, yeah, maybe it's not so bad. But do you think that's a point where that catches up with you? Because you got two teams in Philadelphia and, and New York Mets that are very capable, and you don't want to give those guys room to, to, to reel you in. Yeah, I mean, right now you got the Marlins and the Mets three and a half back, and the series coming up next week is a big one with the Braves and the Mets. Philadelphia is eight games back behind you. Four and six in their last ten for the Braves. I mean, that's the the little bit of a drop, and you could say maybe it's gone a little bit further back than the last ten. These things do happen, though. And, and when you start to look at what's coming, we talked about Soroka off the top, you get him back, you get Freed back, and you start to get some things cooking on that side. Got to figure out the bullpen, and that's been a little bit of a, a disappointment here lately. I think the bats will come good. They'll come and go at times during the year, but they'll come good. If you get Soroka and Freed back to the rotation, that should help the bullpen a little bit too. It takes Absolutely. a little bit of stress off of them. Absolutely. But you've got to get that bullpen I think the roles defined a little bit, and you've got some guys who are kind of jockeying for spots. That needs to get defined, and you get that, I think you're fine. I mean, this team's fine. you got to keep an eye on what's happening right now with this little bit of a dip in form. But that Oakland series, you were kind of set up to struggle out of the gate, and that's the thing about the schedule. When you go from the Sunday night game to then having to travel across country. I think the reports were they got into the hotel about 5 in the morning or yeah, so yeah. and then turn around and play kind of early on Monday on the holiday. That's brutal. I mean, that's that's almost a throwaway game. But you can't let it then affect other games. Right. And, and I feel like maybe that's a little bit of, of this dip out on the road. Get back home. And if you're looking for anything that is, I think, a surprise when it comes to the Braves – They've been so good on the road this year, 18 and 10, but only 15 and 14 at home. Yeah. That's one that you would expect to, to change over time. Hopefully that does as the season progresses. And, you know, they're back home next week. I don't know if they're going to give away the, the, the outcast bobblehead again. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's the next bobblehead that's going to get that kind of a reaction? Don't know. My goodness. And I saw somebody who went out there this week for a visit and posted a picture that they got one. But what, there's still one there? Uh, How I, much are those things going for on eBay? That's oh, my question. Unbelievable. Uh. It's, it's unbelievable what some of them are going for on eBay. Um, who knew that was going to be that popular? Oh, I think it was it was clear that it would be popular. I think it went to another level. Yeah. And I, I just I wonder what they'll do next because that's got to turn some heads in that marketing department. Oh, like, absolutely. Oh, wait a minute. We did this? All right, what can we do to follow up? Yeah. I mean, you're going to track, right, you're going to track the Braves that are winning uh, with someone from the music and entertainment scene locally. Hey, you know, as a big hit. We're seeing that across the board, I think, in sports. And, and the ties between sports and music are are so important. You know, whether we're talking about guys in baseball with the, the, the at-bat songs, you know, guys coming out of the bullpen, you got to have your music oh, right. You got to have that music you right. You know, you tie in these things. We're seeing it in the soccer world right now, uh, you know, from Seattle Sounders a couple years ago doing a Jimi Hendrix kit that sold really well. Nashville has killed it this year with a man in black kit okay. tied up with the Cash family and doing some really cool things with that. So sports and music, it's a natural tie-in. I, I would not be surprised if the Braves do a different edition of an Outcast bobblehead every single year now. You think so? Yeah, oh, yeah. You change the outfit, you put them in something different. Every year you should do an artists, outcast. There's some other artists, though. From this oh, no, for sure. So you do more each to... season. Yeah. But every year after that reaction, oh, yeah, I'm doing the outcast bobblehead in, like, the <laughs> you know the, the 1990s uniform. And, yeah, mixing it up for sure. Oh, wow, folks. Uh, that's Jason Longshore, who is in the house this weekend morning with me as Greg is, is away. And we don't know where he is away, but uh, maybe he is away. And, like I said, we think he may be at Bucky's. Uh, he's, definitely gonna, he's definitely Come a Bucky. Come on, he's definitely a Bucky's. Uh, Braves back home next week against against uh, New York, and then Washington. That's great, and then back on the road for three up in Detroit. Um, so you know, it's a time. It's a long schedule. It's a mm-hmm. long season, and like you said, you know, the bats may cool off uh, as long as you feel like the things will pick up and come through at the right time. And just when you think so. You know, you get something at Rosario last night with a couple of home runs. Yep. Um, you know, you, you like to see that a lot of people were really down on Marcelo Zuna and, and his bat caught fire. Um, that, that's the things that, that you, you want to see. You want to see it, you know, consistent, and that's the thing, and that's kind of what, what Ronald Acuna Jr. has been, been, you know, pretty consistent just hitting the ball all season long. Austin Riley's bat it, it, it has really come on of late. Do you, do you think Acuna really has a – I mean, I know the talk coming in was a 40-40 kind of of hope from him. Now I think they're bumping that up to 40-60 is what I'm seeing. Any chance of that happening? Oh, that would be fun to see. I, I miss that kind of baseball. And, yeah, and, me too. And, and with, the, with the bases and the things they're doing to try to encourage it. And, you know, it's designed for him practically. Yep. You know, you do certain things. You do certain things that make your layout conducive for your top player. You know, they did the thing down at Augusta years ago. They said, well, they're tiger-proof in the course. Not really. They make it so nobody can win but Tiger. Uh, so, so, <laughs> yeah. so, so, you know, so <laughs> you, you've done some things here to adjust the, the, the base, base pass and make it more inviting to attempt stolen bases. You don't have to do a whole lot, a whole lot of that with him. You know, he's going go, go, to go anyway. I don't know if he gets to 60. That would be exciting if he did because we just don't see that these days in no. baseball. Um, the, the stolen bases back, that just – I'm from that era – where the stolen base was a thing. 
and um, I'm, I'm glad to see it, you know, coming back in a way. Yeah, it feels like at times, I mean, we, we do it in, in every sport where something starts to work in terms of a, a tactic or, a, you know, a strategy, and then everybody starts chasing it. And baseball's become so long ball driven over the past few years. If you don't have that, or even if you do, and the, the Braves got plenty of big bats in their team, but you can still win other ways. Absolutely. And you've got to have that in your bag, and you've got to be able to do that. When you've got somebody like Acuna who can be that threat on the base paths as well, use it. Use it. And, and I think I, I like the rules. I like what baseball's trying to do right now. The game's changed so much in the past couple of decades. It feels like a completely different sport at times. But I like the pitch counts. I like the trying to speed the game up. Yeah. That has helped. I like the bigger bases to try to incentivize that. I like what they're trying to do. I don't like everything. I don't like the extra inning stuff. Yeah. I get it because you don't want to blow pitchers out and you're using so many guys from the bullpen now as it is. I get it. I don't like it, but I understand it. I like some of the other moves they're making, and I think it's going to help the sport in a big way. I think so, too, and I think the folks that you um, travel and, and, and follow closely have a little something to do with that. Um, you, you know, I, I, Just a little bit. I, I, I really do, and I think that's the impact we're seeing. Um, you know, things trying to get down more to a time frame that we see with soccer and college basketball. Yeah. Um, and so you can go to your event, and you can have it, and you can plan for something afterwards if you want to and know that you will make it. Um, and so I think that's just a, a trend with sports. I mean, even 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 football is trying to find ways to, to try to, you know, keep things on a certain pace and, and, and move so things don't slow down. And uh, It feels like once you start getting past three hours, it's like, okay, this is a little much. This isn't the all-day cricket contest or, you know, it's not the, the Daytona 500 or something like that. You've got to keep it a little quicker. And I think with baseball, the other element, whether soccer's had an impact on it or not, I think when you see developments like the battery and you see other teams doing that, and that's really the trend in terms of you, stadiums. What do you think this thing they do in Vegas is going to be like? Insanity. But when you're Vegas, if you're doing that and you want to build up everything around it, yeah, you want your game to be two, two and a half hours, and you want people before the game and after the game to go hit up those restaurants, go hit up those bars, go hit up those shows, and be able to take advantage of all of that because that's more revenue for you. Yeah, absolutely. That's what absolutely. it comes down to. It's yeah. all about the dollar. It's a real estate deal with a ball game thrown in. It is, <laughs> and that's okay. Like, you know, I mean. I understand. That's what's, what's I get happening. it. We've, right. been, we've been through it. We've seen stadiums built where there was nothing else around it, yeah. and that doesn't work anymore. No. Nope. just doesn't. Nope. That's what we're seeing here in the NI area, uh, big time with the Braves and you know, we do that, and you throw in a bobblehead night with, with Outcast, and the place gets overrun. Every year, there will be a new Outcast Braves bobblehead. <laughs> I'm telling you, you've got so many different uniform combinations you can throw on them. You can do different colors on the caddy. You are good. <laughs> we will look for that and see if that happens uh, as the season continues with, with this team. Like I said, the Mets are coming in. So much was made about this team what they were supposed to do, and everybody's, you know, picked the Mets. Oh, they're going to be the favorite, the, the team to watch, because they've thrown so much money at this team. Um, you know, they, they brought in people like what Verlanders, they're pitching. Um, and it's still, they got off to a, to a woeful start. I mean, last year, they got off to the start, and the Braves reeled them in because the Braves got off to the slow start last year. I don't know what it is about them and why they can't 
get to the level that people expect them to when they, when they spend the cash. I'm not complaining about that, though, as long as our team is able to beat them. It's just there's always this expectation that, oh, maybe this year's going to be the year for the mess. Maybe this year's going to be for the mess, you know. And so, uh, you know, we'll see next week. I mean, when we went up there, we had some weather issues mm-hmm. uh, when they went to play up there and, and uh, with, with the matchups there. Hopefully the weather will be uh, great next week and the fans will come out and pack the place and uh, do what we normally do, give them the usual greeting that we give them here in Atlanta. We always enjoy the New York teams. We always enjoy having them here so we can uh, – Is this still a big rivalry like it was uh, – I mean, really, like Chipper's time is where I think of Braves' yeah. bets being massive. You, you know what they're doing next Thursday night with the broadcast that their Valley's doing with, with – uh, yeah. A little bit, yeah. It's like a players-only broadcast, is yeah, that right? Yeah, it's going to be great. And uh, John Smoltz and Chipper's going to be on along with Glavin, I think, and, and Jeff Francoeur. And, and it should be a lot of fun. Well, anytime it's the Mets, you got Chipper on. It's going to be oh yeah, a whole, whole, whole lot of fun. But I think that's going to be something that fans will look forward to next Thursday night on on on, on Valley Sports. Um, yeah, you know what? It's and and I was talking with this with someone last night because the Braves have never had a don't have a regional rival. No, and there's always this talk from time to time about baseball in Nashville, and and yeah. and and I personally hope that it happens. Because there's never been a regional rival for the Braves. I, I go back to the days, 70s. My family moved here in 74. And that's when Cincinnati was like at their, their height. Yeah. And so when they would come to play, the busloads of people from Cincinnati would come down here. And from the home plate down to the foul pole on the third base side would be all people in red. Oh, I mean, the, the, uh, and the Reds were at their best at that time. And. The Reds had been really the southeastern team before the Braves. Yeah, my, my dad grew up in in Rockmart, Georgia, and he listened to the Reds. Yeah, you could hear him at night. You could hear it at night. He grew up listening to the Reds, and that was always his team because that was the closest one until '66 when the Braves came in. Yeah, so he still had some of that residual too. That's the thing, but I mean that's that that's been the closest thing that the closest things when the closest teams when the Braves moved here are still the closest teams yeah you've had some like rotating rivalries it's felt like I mean in the heyday in the 90s like at the beginning Braves Dodgers was big and Braves yeah. Dodgers always well, has Braves a big were in the feel. west they were, they were in the west you had that too you had that pennant race in 91 right but Braves Dodgers I think Atlanta LA always had a a big game feel if not a rivalry a big game feel you know Braves and Giants had a pennant race around that time too Braves Mets is maybe the one that had more of a rivalry feel. Yeah. Like really did not like each other at all. And I don't know if I don't think that's really the same as it used to be, and I don't think there's ever really been anything else like that, not for any extended period of time. No, no, no. We need that regional rival. Come on, Nashville. Yeah, they've tried before. They, have, they haven't been they able have. to get it done. But, again, Nashville SC, talking about MLS, they've right. been super successful. Absolutely. And they've done really well. They've built their own stadium. They've done a great job with it. So maybe people see that and say, well, why don't we do baseball? Why don't yeah. we make that work here? Yeah. Hope so. Hope so. We'll welcome them down here. Come on down and uh, and, and, and lose your three-game series. We'll <laughs> do that. Oh, folks. All right. Talk about team we're talking about. Atlanta United, they get ready to hit the road and head out west. We're going to talk about them. A little disappointed from this week, but still, if you look at the standings, there's a reason to smile. Sam and Jason with Max on the other side of the glass. It's Saturday morning. Glad you're with us here on Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. Available everywhere on Odyssey.
I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings in the movies And I'm not proud of my address In the torn up town, no postcode Sports Radio, 1990 Game or 1990Game.com. Sam Crenshaw along with Jason Longshore. Nine flows up in the Kia Studios on this Saturday morning. So glad you're spending some of your Saturday morning with us. Want to give us a shout, join in the conversation. Uh, 404-726-0929, 404-726-0929. Our new phone number, write that in. Setting a vibe with the music this morning. Yeah. We didn't even get into it in the last segment. Curtis Mayfield was born on this day. Yes, yes. Had to play a little Curtis Mayfield. And then that song, Royals by Lord, that came out on this day. That was a massive worldwide hit. Big time. Kind of setting time. a vibe. <laughs> yeah, well, we do that this morning. We try. All right, all right. We, we do that, folks, big time. Um, Atlanta United. And let's go back to Wednesday night because I uh, happened to be there. And I was glad to, to, uh, to be down at um, Mercedes-Benz Stadium uh, and was looking forward to it. I said, this is going to be an interesting matchup. Midweek, coming down, and my goodness, we, we get less than a minute <laughs> That's in. one way to put we're it. Like, we're like, oops, oh, uh, you know, what in the ham sandwich? Man, what, 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 how do you explain that? Uh, I mean, Brad Gazan doesn't handle it well. Miles Robinson put him in a bad spot. And early in a game, and look, the way Atlanta United plays, they're going to – build out of the back they're going to create possessions from deep they want to draw teams out and then play into the space behind them that's just how they're going to play the risk of that is what we saw in that first minute where you don't connect on a pass maybe you haven't kind of gotten into the flow of the match it's just a few seconds in Robinson can't play that kind of a ball back to Gazan it's spinning it's bouncing it's difficult for him to deal with it invites pressure from the opponent and Carlos Hill steps up Brad Kazan gives it away, and it's a goal straight out of the gates. Now, the response was good. I, I thought, you know, Atlanta United started to create a lot of chances. They put one off the, the crossbar from the free kick with Tiago Almada. But then you get hit on the transition the other way, and it's 2-0 at the break. And it's the worst start you can imagine against a team in New England who had come in talking about needing to get off the better starts. They've been the ones giving up early goals. They get the first half goals in this one, and it's a big mountain to overcome. Man, it really was. It really was. But you got to give give the home team credit. Mm-hmm. They did go after it, and uh, you know what? And you can tell when things were going on. We listened to to Mike Conti uh, and, and his calls, and here's one of them right here. Score! The team that will not quit has come all the way back to equalize in the 74th minute. Unbelievable in that one. And what were your thoughts at that point? I mean, the, the place was going nuts. The people that I was watching with couldn't believe it. Um, and you figure, okay, we've we, we come back and, and we got this one. Well, yeah, that's what it looked like. I mean, all the momentum is going your way. It starts in the 56th with Yakimakis. And great job by Andrew Gutman to keep that play alive. Uh, Yakimakis in the 18-yard box. He His reactions are unbelievable to me. And it's been this way since he walked in the door this season. He's the first to react to any opportunity inside the 18. And this is one where it takes a little deflection 
and he's still able to get there first. Knows it's not a, a power shot that he needs. He just needs to place it past the onrushing goalkeeper. He's on the backside of his and foot he or something he does. Again, I flicked, it, flicked it with the backside of his foot, and I was like, whoa. He's so in- incredible up top, and anytime he's on the field, he, he gives Atlanta United an opportunity. And he stayed on the field a lot longer than was intended in this one. Uh, he's he's also the kind of guy who it's hard to sub out, even when he's trying to build his fitness back up. Has he been – what you felt like he would be or hope that he would be more. coming in? Honestly, really? more. Um, okay. I knew he would be somebody who could score goals. He's scored more than I thought he would straight out of the gate. But it's his presence, and it's everything else that he brings. Um, I think he just elevates this attack to another level. And when you have somebody like Tiago Almada setting him up, good grief, uh, the assist from Hosechu Almada, that turn on the equalizer that we just heard from Mike Conte, the turn from Almada, he lets the ball kind of run across his body. He's so good at using things like that. Like I think a lot of times with, with players that we we you know say are, are superstars, it's all about what they do either with the shot or with a pass or on the dribble. Almada at times doesn't even need to touch the ball to lose a defender. And he did it multiple times in this game, but that turn, he just lets the ball roll defender is expecting him to touch and turn the other way he goes back around to his left then he's past that first defender he's driving into the 18 so many times in that moment you see a a shot with power and Almada goes with kind of the flick with the outside of the right foot they call it the trace dedos and it takes a deflection he's a little fortunate on that but that gets the game level and it feels like, okay, now there's a winner coming. I did not see the winner potentially coming from Miguel Barry when it did. Yeah, A guy who struggled, a guy who has worked hard, and I think that's been the biggest thing about this team is even when they haven't played well, they've worked hard. And there's differences. I, I know it's easy to hear quotes and hear, you know, urgency and intensity and then try to say that and and take it one step further and say, oh, the team's not playing hard. That's not the same thing. It's not how it works. This team, and I think it's it's way too easy of a shot from somebody on the outside to say they don't care. They're not playing hard. They're not trying hard. Put yourself in these guys' shoes. Put yourself in the the lives that they live. Of course they're playing hard. This is their livelihood. And they know that if they don't, they're going to get replaced. Yeah. And that that's always a cheap shot to me. It's very, very rare that you can actually say a professional athlete is not playing hard. Atlanta United has fought all year long in games, even when they haven't played well. And Miguel Berry gets the reward, an incredible volley off his chest, takes the bounce, puts it into the upper 90, and that's the 87th minute, 3-2. You've come all the way back. That should be it, right? Yes. It's yes. Not. It's not. Oh, oh come on. <sighs> I I mean, I don't I don't know the best way to explain it. I was on with Chuckery earlier this week, and it's like it's not a tactical thing. It's not a, a shape thing. It's not about throwing an extra defender on. It's not that kind of stuff to me. It's – the only way I can I can try to equate it to another game is when you have a team in football that moves the ball up and down the field at will. They they can they can move up and down the field all they want. But when they get into the red zone, right, and they struggle to make plays. 
whether it's offensive or defensive, and in this case it's defensive because Atlanta United on the offensive end in the final third, kind of the equivalent of, of the red zone, they're scoring goals. They're averaging two goals per game. They're the best offensive team in the league. No problems there. But on the other end, they're not making those plays. And that goal to me, that's what it comes down to because you can you can draw out X's and O's all you want in that play and, and say, well, you shouldn't have let this pass happen. You shouldn't have let this, this cross come in the way that it did. I, that, that stuff is, is getting into the weeds. To me, it comes down to the fact that Parata clears the cross, goes to the top of the 18, falls to New England's best player, Carlos Heel. He gets a 1v1 to decide the game. That can't happen. In that moment, you've got to have players crashing on the ball. Not committing a foul, but crashing on the ball. Ball falls to Jimmy Butler in late in the last couple seconds tonight or next time in that game, and he's got a last-second shot to try to win or tie. Do you think you're going to see defenders not try to impact his shot? And that's what happened here, in my opinion. I think Franco Ibarra has the 1v1. He engages, but there's other players in the vicinity. Santiago Sosa, who had just come into the game, Andrew Gutman, others who could have at least ran out at Carlos Hill, make him have to take a different route. It doesn't happen, and... A top player scores a goal to get a point for New England when they shouldn't have had any. Yeah, yeah. But we keep trying to tell ourselves, okay, one point is better than none. It is. It, it is. Yeah. Not at home, uh, and not in this manner. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing that it comes down to, and we, we've got a clip from Gonzalo Pineda that I wanted to play because I think he encapsulated kind of this night and how it felt. There's. Good and bad in the night, and that's what's maybe so frustrating about it. Of course, frustrated because I felt that we did a great game, great game, and again, little moments of you know lack of concentration and stuff like that, you know, put us under pressure. Uh, but at the same time, as I am frustrated, I'm very proud of the game. The players did. It's not easy to come back to zero at home at halftime, and even before that, um, I felt that we're putting a lot of pressure, a lot of energy. Good football because I felt uh, breaking the pressure from New England in the middle block in a four, 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 one, one, four, two, three, one, wasn't easy. So we start to be very mobile, moving the ball fast, creating some chances. Maybe in the first half, not so clear. But in the second half, I felt the amount of pressure we put on them was very good, good to see. Uh, the immediate pressure was great. Uh, the active defending was very good for the most part. So it's just, you know, we were two minutes away from being very, very, very happy. Uh, as, as were we all. <sighs> it's, it's hard because this balancing act that you have to, to deal with right now, because you have to correct the defensive side. You can't give up as many goals as Atlanta United has given up this season. You can't do that and be a top team. You can't win shootouts every week, or you're not winning them right now. You can't get draws and shootouts every week. You've got to fix that side, but you can't do it at the expense of an offense that is so outstanding. And it's not just one player. I think one of the things that stands out to me with Atlanta United in this game on Wednesday, 15 chances created. No player had more than three. So it's spread out. Yakimaki's created a chance. Etienne created two, and I didn't think he played all that well. 
Tyler Wolf came off the bench. He played well in short minutes. He created two chances. Mm-hmm. Almada created three. Ibarra created two. Ozechu created two. I mean, it's it's coming from everywhere. Right. So you don't want to lose that. You don't want to put more numbers behind the ball and be more defensive because that sends a message that changes the personality of your team. But in those moments where it's a 1v1 potentially to decide the game, you've got to show that urgency in that moment defensively. No, you're not getting a clean look here. And that's been the part that's missing. Urgency in the attacking third, yes. Urgency in the defensive third hasn't been there consistently. Wow, wow, folks. We talk about Atlanta United as we head for the All-Star, head for All-Star time. Um, the game is July 19th, and people can vote. Um, for the, and, you know, who do you feel like has um, deemed themselves worthy of the fans' vote to, uh, to represent Atlanta United? And, by the way, you're taking on Arsenal. I got a friend. I have a friend out in California that's a big Arsenal fan. Oh yeah, yeah. So they're going to DC for this. It's it's cool when you get some of these games like this. I liked the MLS versus Liga MX format better. I, I liked the All Star team from the Mexican League, All Star team from MLS. I love that. Arsenal's a really good opponent right now for this game. They're they're in a a good place. I think Mikel Arteta has done an amazing job for them. They did. Maybe they were a year ahead of where they should have been, and they were leading the Premier League for a long way, and then the the onslaught of Manchester City, Arsenal doesn't win the title. It'll be a fun game. I think from the Atlanta side of it, obviously Almada, obviously Yakimakis, but the one who's not getting talked about enough who I think should be there is Brooks Lennon. Brooks Lennon has been outstanding all year long as a right back. He's been good in those 1v1 defensive moments in an area that he needed to improve on. He's a, a converted attacker playing as a defender, and I think he gives you a ton on that right side of the field. He's created a ton of chances. His crossing is always on point. Lennon has been one of the best right backs in the league, and beyond Almada and Yakimakis, which I think are no-brainers for being voted in, Lennon should get some votes too. I think he's one of the more underappreciated players in the league. All right, and fans can go and vote. You, have to, uh, you can vote until June 14th. Uh, or the, for your favorite player for Atlanta United. You get a chance to be in the 2023 MLS All-Star Game presented by Target. Uh, it's going to be played up in D.C. United's home turf, Audi Fields, which is, of course, seeing that happen. Are right, you headed for the 7 o'clock hour? Uh, Terrell Thomas is going to join us. These Urban Times are uh, going to talk about this NBA final that's coming up, some other NBA news. So maybe we'll talk a little bit about Atlantic Records. This was in Nashville last night. Uh, and we're going to talk about things what's going on locally, a little bit about the Atlanta Dream and classification in high school sports. Are we going to have to do this all over again? We just did this. We'll talk about that more. You join us. Stay with us on this Saturday morning here on Sports Radio 929 The Game and 929TheGame.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 